Um, yeah, we're rolling, we're man. Ep two, we're fucking, we're here. Yes, sir. We, had, we didn't even manage to get two minutes in. I already swore. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking. Glad about, you know. um, yeah, ep two, we're here. Obviously, Goom's pod here with a boy. Yes, sir. Uh, first ever guest. Do you want to introduce yourself, man? Yeah. What's uh, what's going on? My name's James. I'm the sneaker doc. Tell them, baby. And yeah, I'm here on Goom pod. Should have said Goom's pod. <laughs> <laughs> minor, bro. Minor, minor, oh, minor. Oh, we'll cool. roll with it, man. Let's um, just go. Let's just crack it. Yeah, man. What's good? Everything all right? Yeah, come on. Life's going good, you know. Like, happy for you, We're starting to like take a nice, nice path upwards. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. Let's um, let's talk to the people, John. Tell them what you do exactly. Let's explain yourself and your story a little bit. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, four and a half years ago, started a sneaker cleaning company at my mom's kitchen. One and a half years down the line, you know, we've had contracts with people like Harvey Nichols, Selfridges, we've opened numerous stores, and now we clean over 600 pairs a month, so yeah, it's, it's so a dope, a man, journey. congratulations, let's do a round of applause for James, everybody, everybody in the audience, we're here! <laughs> now, bro, I remember, I remember when I first met you, was just as you were starting out, because we had the same social media manager at the time. Yep, Josh, that was yeah. right. And uh, I remember you came into the family restaurant and uh, I remember you wearing some big puffy Canada goose and I was like, who's this acting like the dog's bollocks walking in? (laughs) (laughs) But um, it was the start of a special relationship, man. And I actually remember you said that you were working out of your mom's kitchen. Like I came, bro, and I saw that and I was like, wow, I was wowed then. But to see where you were and where you are right now, honestly, it's amazing, bro. Cheers, I appreciate it. What's it like kind of growing a brand like that from the ground up to where it is now? Hectic, fun, for the lessons. You know, it's incredibly hard. You have to go through a lot. I think you grow a lot. What did you have to go through? But it's amazing. Um, God, there's been so much. And I tell you what, like, the one thing that has changed is how well I can deal with stress. Mm. Because it's the inevitable. You can't hide from it. Yeah. But it's one of those. I mean, I never, I never planned to start a brand. You know, when you first, sorry, man, I don't mean to cut no, you off. No, when you, when not. you, when you first started, bro, what did you think it was going to be? I think when I started it, I just thought it was going to be a side hustle. You know, mm. I was twenty three. I thought, you know what, I could buy some nice clobber, do six pairs a week. I mean, obviously, in that first week, we got like thirty pairs, and it was just from there. It was just a rocket ship. Mm. So. It's got such a USP though, because exactly. at the time, I mean, you're four and a half years deep now, and to somebody new that doesn't know who you are and who your business is, like, there's a lot of other dudes that are trying to do what you did. Yeah, absolutely. But you're like the OG in this game. Back then, I mean, and I think that's you know that's the thing we were first, one of the first to the market. Yeah. Mm. And that was the cutting edge, you know. And it was it was clear from day dot that people needed it. Yeah, one million and it percent. Wasn't bro. out there. Yeah, because what you offered was like. If you're going to go and drop four or five bills on a pair of shoes, you wear them to the club one night. You've got orange juice stained on your laces and it's all like, do you know what I mean? And you don't really want to be messing around with your own, with expensive crepes at home. So it was like, you're handing it over to somebody that's going to do it and do it properly. And it's like, instead of going and getting a new pair of crepes, you're paying whatever you were paying at the time, which is a smallest of fractions of what you would do to go and get a new one. And you, Your trainers come back brand new, bro. No, absolutely. And I think my kind of, my ideology behind the brand was that it was to offer a service, but to build a brand behind it so yeah. that people could trust you. Because at the end of the day, you know, people are handed over trainers that are up to a thousand pound. 
they don't want no kind of like page that looks like an eBay ad. Yeah. It needs to look slick. It needs to be a brand. There needs to be personability behind it so that they can trust that their trainers are going to be safe with you. Yeah. And that was kind of from the day that I started it, you know, that branding was key. It was the most important thing. And it's, you know, it's definitely played a huge part. Yeah, bro, your brand is dope. Did, you, did you come up with everything yourself and design everything yourself? Or did you get someone in to do it with yeah. the branding for you? Because I remember when you first started, when I used to see all your stuff on your Instagram and things like that, Chris used to tell me that you used to do it yourself. Yeah, no, of course. So, like, I mean, you know, I, I, can, I can play around with Canva. You know, I understand the kind of the basics of branding. Mm. You know, I came up with obviously the name and then... Brilliant name, by the way. Yeah, I was just going to say. You know what? Like, when, when, I, when I thought of that name, it was just like everything just slotted into place. That's the that, one. That, yeah. And I remember like... Kind of, that's yeah. kind of what happened with me and Chris when Goons. Get, you just get that feeling when yeah, you're like, oh, you know what, it this could work, goes. you know. Yeah. Exactly, and you can start to picture it. And I remember being so protective. I remember the first... You trademarked. Like, couple of, yeah. 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 I was going to say, imagine, yeah. imagine gassing about it. it. Tomorrow someone oh, trademarks yeah. it. <laughs> 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 like, Fuck! Damn! <laughs> but like, you know, like when, when I first started the Instagram, mm. someone had the sneaker doc. You know, like when it's got no followers... Mm. so I had to have this stupid underscore like after my name and it was jarring like it used to do my head in because for me it's all about you know it's that first glance that people have yeah yeah, yeah. and when you looked at it on Instagram and you could see the sneaker doc underscore it's annoying it almost blurred like the C in the underscore would blur it so it wasn't prominent in your face yeah and it's like I'm very particular about even small things like that yeah whereas when you see the sneaker doc and it stands proud it's so much more recognisable so the good thing about a trademark is that it allows you to take ownership of that username. So for anybody that's kind of like actually wants to have their username so close to their actual brand name, trademark that shit. So you really knew from the start that it was going to be something special. Yeah, if you absolutely. trademarked it from back then. And because I remember, like, I, I remember getting so panicked when in the early days, you almost want to like, I, I used to hold it so tight like mm. close to my chest because I was like, she baby. Like I don't want someone to get this username. I don't want mm-hmm. someone to get that domain. I knew from like the day that, the day that that name came to my, like to my brain. That was the one. It was the one. Mm. Yeah. And I could literally like picture the ways that I could brand it. You know, how I could put it out to customers, how we could use it on kind of like social media marketing when I speak to customers. And mm-hmm. so in Birmingham for people like around our demographic, probably like 18 to maybe 30, everybody knows the brand anyways, man. See, but I, like, I still don't, I still can't deep that though. Like, almost like imposter syndrome. Yeah, You've heard of that yeah, before, yeah, or not? No, absolutely. I feel like obviously, me and Chris aren't really anywhere yet, but I get like times where uh, I feel like I have it as well. I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, we're we're, we're nowhere near how far well, we're, we're well, seven months into our journey properly. Yeah. With everything that we have got going on at the moment, and sometimes I'm like, fuck. Like, am I meant to be here? Is this meant to be me? It's a curse and it's a blessing. Mm. You know, it's a curse in terms of from a personal perspective in terms of like how you view yourself kind of all the stress that you go through internally mm-hmm. but then from a business perspective having that imposter syndrome will only drive you to be a perfectionist and to work so much harder to make something better mm-hmm. so there's so many times that I've probably gone you know to 110% because of that imposter syndrome yeah and actually that's kind of benefited me yeah 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 you know I am constantly panicking that I haven't done something right that I haven't done enough for a customer and yeah, it can be quite encapsulating, but at the same time, it's also benefited me within business. Because it makes you be specific. Yeah. It makes you go those extra details. But that's the one thing, again, like I said, the other people that have tried to get onto 
your idea effectively, your business model, that's where you separate yourself no, in those in those minor details. Well, I mean, like you saw me today when I was like, you know, I was like, right, move that there, move that there. Yeah, of course. Because it makes all of the difference. Like, the, like, and and even down, like, even when it comes to like photography and like, you know, how you kind of compose an image, mm-hmm. everything is perfect. Like down to like, you'll notice on like my stories, like I'll line up walls and shelves. Like it all has to be. Like I'm very particular. I'm, I'm the same. Like I'm that. the same as that, bro. I'm actually, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually the same as that. I'm not, you know. <laughs> no, do, do you know what it is? I'm I feel like, not. Do you know what it is? I feel like it's that artistic approach though towards things. Bro, so what are you saying then? No, listen, bro. It, on a on a real though. Listen. listen, guys, people that tuned in last time to the last pod, that's a dig from H no, no, again. No, 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 no. Right, bro. On a real, you know for a fact that in our kind of relationships, yeah, uh, yeah. in our relationship as a partnership, no, I'm more I'm more the creative, and I, I understand that you're probably better at business than me. But you That's have to have, yeah, and, and that is the key, and this is what I struggle with, mm. and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's great for you too. Some, like, the hardest thing is that it is just me. Yeah. I have mm. to carry a lot of the load, whereas, you know, you can equally share it, but you have your own approach to it as well, and you always need someone that's kind of creative, and you always need someone that's technical. Mm-hmm. And there you go, that's the dynamic. You can bring yeah, those dynamic. You can bring those people in, though, into the brand. Yeah, it's tough, it's tough. Finding that, the right people to fit in, tough. I understand. It's tough, bro. I mean, we're 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 not in a position yet where we need to bring anybody in, but I'm already dreading the day because it will come. But when we have to trust somebody with our baby to 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 perform and to do the things that you need to be doing but aren't available to do, to find somebody that's going to do them like you, is so tough. Yeah, so it's tough. So it, tough. it requires you know, a huge element of trust. And it's a hard thing. But you have to learn to let go because you can't scale a company yeah. holding on so tight that because you only have a finite amount of resource. Yeah. And you know, like the, the game that I work in is volume. You know, we're lots of 35s and 40s. And there's only so many trainers that I can actually clean in a day. Yeah. What's the most you've ever cleaned in a day? Like that curiosity. Between like Two of us, 52 pairs. So, And that's from, in terms of hours, just so we can kind of... Well, that is from, I would say, eight in the morning until six. Damn. Do you enjoy what you do? Yeah, like I, you know, I, I absolutely love it. The only thing that comes with scaling a brand is that, yes, of course, you're doing something that you love, but when it becomes so voluminous, it obviously can take that fun away from it. Yeah, you know, I would love to spend twelve hours on one single pair, and you know, go into every nook and cranny, get a small brush out, like get fabric paint on the stitching. But it's not feasible as a business. It's yeah. not, you know. And I mean, to be honest, like you I need to work are, efficiently. You have to work efficiently. Yeah, one million percent. Um, the biggest thing that I've learned over the years is that actually the key to business is doing less with less. Sorry, do, sorry, doing more with less. Yeah. Um. I read a book called Profit First and, and that was a game changer for me. Um, that really kind of set the tone between um, expenses versus profit and mm. how you have to get that fine balance. And at the end of the day, if you're not making profit and if you're actually at a loss, you need to cut whatever you're doing. Yeah. Your business is mainly profit though, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and, and Damn I right. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> yeah. like, look, I'm all right, but you know, by no means am I you know, extremely wealthy. Like, you know... If, if I was to look at where I am on my journey, like, I'd say that I'm still in year one. Yeah. Like, I've still got so much further to go. But 
what you've just said is amazing. And I'll tell you why. The fact that from an outsider's point of view, it looks like you've done so much and your mentality is there is what makes me know that your scale and you'll really, really do it. I was going to say, obviously, I, d- I don't know whether you want to talk about this on the pod, but you're bringing, no, out, of course uh, you're bringing out some products, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing that I will say from the get-go about scaling, and people might disagree, but, I mean, I, I've lived life as a grafter. Like, you know, I've done the 16-hour days. Mm. I've slept at the unit. I've done all-nighters. I haven't been to sleep. Like, I've been there and I've done it. And obviously, I've had kind of like where my business has grown, but then actually personally, it's been a detriment to my health. So I'm all for like scalability. But the biggest thing that like I've learned is that everything will come in its time mm-hmm. and that direction is far more superior to pace. Yeah, As long as you're going in the right direction, you'll get there. And actually like slowing down to enjoy the process, you're probably going to get further. I couldn't agree with you more, man. When, when, when I, I remember when I started out doing freelance videography, Everything, the, the way that I used to view everything when I, when I used to do everything before when I was a little bit younger was all I saw was the end goal. As I started just to put one foot in front of the other and just do the little things that I had to every single day, I noticed the most progress. And that's kind of what got me to where I am today. And as well, you're going to have a hell of a long time doing this. I know, man. And you know, like, do you want to enjoy that 10 year process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or do you want to be very, or do you not want to enjoy it and be so stressed because you're trying to push it too much? Yeah. Like, you have to live this process and, and actually when people say like, oh, do you love what you do? Like, yeah, of course. Like, I love clean. Like, you know, I used to love cleaning my trainers. I love what we do, but it's more now. It's more that I love owning the brand and I love what mm. we provide and I like the scalability side of it. Yeah. So I think it's just over the, over the years, I've just kind of. You've also grown as a person though, throughout, throughout this, per- this, this, Throughout this period. What was I like when you first met? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I know. No, like, so obviously your, what you love, what you enjoy has changed because you've changed. So as well as the brand, do you know what I mean? And when I say changed, I don't need to take that in a way of of negative. Like obviously you've grown as an individual with the brand. So the things that you love and enjoy, I mean, we did things that I can't even say four years ago that we used to love and we couldn't think of anything worse right Mm. now. Do you know what I mean? But, but, for me, that shows growth. And I think that's the same thing where you've kind of not fallen out of love with the actual being in there and cleaning, but fall in love with when am I going to hit my next target or when can I get my next unit or do you know what I mean? Th- those type of things. Really, I mean, to be honest, I still love cleaning. Oh, for real? Like I'm very happy when I'm hands on. Yeah. Like, I don't really enjoy the phone work as much. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, you know, I, the, the, the brand grew because I was so personable and I got on with everybody. Mm. But then eventually, however many years down the line, there's only so much of myself that I can give to people. So now I don't, you know, I don't man the phone in the day, like the customer service. Like the best thing that I ever did for business and the worst thing is that all of our customer, all of our customer communication is done on WhatsApp business. It's brilliant. It's personable. It's easy for people. We've had the new phone for six months. There's 2,000 conversations on it. Yeah, it's, damn. It's hectic. That's so long. I hate getting back to people, man. <laughs> it's <laughs> the but worst I mean, thing. This is the thing, like, and I do it in like a huge numbers. Yeah. And it kind of takes that ability to kind of plan your day and to be kind of proactive with how you plan your day and what you go about. 
and anybody can kind of car crash. So having Reese there to kind of handle the phone, it's been perfect for me because just, it just to the people me. that sorry, bro, just to the people that don't already know, Reese is somebody yeah, that you've brought on board to help yeah, you. Yeah, so so Reese is pretty much like my right hand man. Um, I got a lot of love for the kid. Like, so uh, Reese, man. A lot of I got a lot of love. I got a lot of respect. I know that I can trust him. He's one of the kindest, nicest lads that that has worked for me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he, he hasn't got a bad bone in him and it's class. Like it's, it's world class. Yeah. You know, I've had people in the business before and I've been on holiday and I'm just like checking the camera constantly. You feel like you don't need to do that. No. And like, obviously I've just been to South Africa for like three weeks and I didn't check in once like on, on the cameras yeah. because I trust him. And that's so important when it comes to hiring people. I actually, I actually, sorry, bro. I actually remember when, a little bit further back when you did all of the, the customer service stuff, when you had a few members in the team that maybe weren't pulling their weight like Reese does now, and it ate you alive, bro. It oh, really did. It was yeah. hard. I mean, this is the thing that people don't, and, it, and it's so hard for friends to understand it at times. I know you do, but like, yeah, yeah. you know, I've lost friends. The bulk of my day is getting up and being absolutely bombarded by messages on what, which I am grateful for of mm-hmm. course Millimson. but all I'm doing all day is like reply 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 like my whatsapp I look at it as a to-do list I reply archive and then when they reply it pops back up so then like it gets to the end of the day I just don't want to go on my phone I do not like I don't have the energy to actually <laughs> have that social communication yeah and yeah that's been the biggest change but it, it makes a big difference and like I said like now now that Reese kind of looks after the phone, it allows me to go in. I like cleaning because I'm great at it. It's what started the business. When I do it, I can see the lads working a little bit quicker. But then it also allows me to kind of have two hours where I'm doing videography or I'm doing social media. And obviously I have ADHD, so I work my best when I'm hyper-focused. If my engagement and my attention is flickering, I get nothing done. I can get into like paralysis almost. Yeah. So being able to kind of actually just do deep focus work, which is the the biggest skill that anybody can learn, has really helped me to kind of accelerate my growth in the past couple of years. Yeah. So you think that, if anything, when you work with it, your ADHD actually helps you massively? Yeah, massively. So, I mean, I got diagnosed two years into the brand. Um and it allowed me to kind of gain a better understanding and an awareness of actually what it was, um, which is brilliant. And it's been the best thing for me to kind of actually learn what my weaknesses are and my strengths. Mm-hmm. And there's different ways it, that it will affect me. I mean, with ADHD, you can hyper-focus. So the day that we did, you know, 52 pairs, mm. I mean, it was like I was on speed. I was just at that <laughs> sink, just cleaning away. You weren't on speed though, right? No. Good man. Um, <laughs> it <was> just, <laughs> like it, it was just tunnel vision. Yeah, yeah. But then at the same time, I can become quite disorientated when there's so many things going on. I get sensory overload. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got to remember the hard... And, and it's all, the, the thing with the sneaker dock is that actually it's very challenging for somebody with ADHD because there's like 200 pairs of trainers behind you and it's like there's 200 different jobs. Yeah. So sometimes it's like, shit, where do I start? Like an mm-hmm. overload. Yeah. So like I've had to like, you know, improve how... You know, stuff like my organization, how I'm efficient. I've had to like learn how to like time block. Whereas over the years, you know, I haven't just had to grow the brand. I've had to actually grow the brand with, you know, my ADHD 
and get over certain challenges that it's kind of actually that the two pair together are brought. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so it's, it's been good, but it's been a challenge mm. at the same time. And, you know, from it, I've obviously, I've developed, the brand's developed. Mm. So, but it's not always straightforward. Yeah. I wanted to, um, obviously, I, I touched on a little bit earlier, but I wanted to get into more of the products, man, because I'm just curious about what the process is of getting everything together and just to kind of just explain what they are as well to the people. No, of course. So, I mean, products are a big thing for me. You know, trying to scale a service-based brand is, is, is incredibly hard. The only output that you have, the only overhead really is your time. And Absolutely. that's it. And it will take up all of it sometimes. And where on earth do I get a sneaker cleaner from? I mean, obviously, you know, there's more, and more people trying it now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... I, feel like <laughs> I know what you're saying. No, no. I, I, like I feel like it's a job that anybody could do, though, really. Yeah, but you can't just, like, hire somebody in a straight... You know, they're great at it straight away. And give them a pair of LVs. Like. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And, and, that, and that's your liability. What's the process of training someone? <laughs> just a lot of time and a lot of watching over them and giving them the kind of the easy stuff that they can't fuck up and slowly working you know the, the way through it suede is the hardest thing to clean and yeah i gave you I a pair of my suede crepes they've never been the same since to be fair God, look at you jarring me like that <laughs> <laughs> i'm joking by the way um but that's that's the thing like you know so when i would onboard somebody they would not touch suede it would have to be me and that's what i need kind of customers to understand is that actually it's so hard to scale because I'm not prepared to kind of drop our standards or to put the liability of your trainers in somebody's hand that, that isn't up to scratch. Something, let's say, for example, somebody gives you a pair of suede trainers and they are expensive and they go back and they're not happy with the service. You might lose that customer forever. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, you know, it, it's been, it takes a, a while. When, you, when, when you're like, shit, we're really busy. I need to employ somebody. I can't just click my fingers. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's like almost like a two to three month process until that actually takes place and, and becomes very beneficial to the business. And there's been times where, you know, I've had a bigger team and it actually hasn't worked out as well. What was the maximum amount of people that you had within the unit? So I've had like four, but then we've also had kind of like, I have a lot of people that work freelance because it's just not worth having people in there full time mm-hmm. and actually having people... That are, so like, you know, painter, paints part-time, a cobbler part-time, because we're not at that stage with those services where I need it full-time. And actually as a business, it doesn't make sense for those to be prioritized over cleaning because that's our bread and butter. That's mm-hmm. what makes the money and it's what we're known for. So for people like that, I always used to have kind of, um, you know, people on kind of a freelance or working part-time. Yeah. One of the biggest lessons that, I had so I, I remember looking behind one day and there were, I had about two hundred and fifty trainers and I was like shit, like, <laughs> wait, like, this is too much to handle. And I went and hired three people all at once. You have to really dedicate your time to that new person. You have to really build that trust, build their awareness of what you're doing as a brand, what your values are, you know how you should provide a service to customers. Mm. Really nail it, and then go again. So it's like you know, for me recently it's been all right cool let's get this person in let's get them to a point of perfection not perfection or you're not going to get that but you know what i mean where they're yeah, shit, yeah. where they're shit hot and i trust them get them up to scratch yeah yeah and then i'm going to go again yeah what do you think i'm going to do two at once mm. not a chance yeah and as well like the biggest thing that i've learned is that actually like 
brief your overheads up, it has to make sense. So just ease yourself into that. I say finding talent is tough, man. Because at the end of the day, you if 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 you're gonna bring someone into the brand now, they're inevitably only gonna grow with you and they're probably gonna take on a role that's gonna be higher up in the business further down the line. And finding that talent is so tough. Obviously, like talent is important when it comes to technical things, you know, whether it's like videography or you know, photography, marketing. Would you class your line as work of line of work as a talent? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hundred mm. percent. Um but it's not a talent that people train in. So mm-hmm. obviously it's a talent that you have to teach people from the get-go. So for me, like the biggest things have been all about attitude, their work ethic. You invest, you're ethic. invested more in the person as opposed to the skill set that comes yeah, with the person. I was going to say with them as well, they have to be invested in your brand. Yeah, and, and that makes be. all of the difference. I mean, you know, I think this massively. I mean, there was a time when I used to recruit kind of roles within marketing and you could have the most technical understanding of how a camera works. If you don't understand or like the subject that you're shooting, you're going to be shit compared to someone that really has a passion for it because you know what to capture. Mm. And that's the same with kind of like, you know, like you say, like someone has to be into their trainers. They have to actually kind of understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. You know, a lot of people ask me why I haven't got into handbags and it's definitely something that I'd think about. What do you mean, gone into handbags? Into handbag cleaning, which is... Oh, right, okay. Bad things know, coming through we to We do the it every now and again. <laughs> Shock. That's where his head goes to. <laughs> you're talking about, yeah, I want to scale the business owner. He's thinking, yeah, you're going to get bad things into the unit, man. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong, bro? Am I wrong? <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> I'm not me, like, I think, like, but obviously the business would get more like... But... Um, <laughs> You, I don't. You threw him. You threw him. <laughs> you threw him. Um, now, obviously, like the thing with, I, I don't know, like how a handbag should look or like how how it's meant to look at its top form. Yeah, but when you see a pair of crepes, you're like, yeah, like, that's, that's I fresh. know, do you know, yeah, I, mean, yeah, like, yeah. I know how they're meant to look, and that was always kind of like my cutting edge. Like I was, I knew how to get them to that stage where they had to be. Mm-hmm. Like even down to the way that I lace, get customers coming right, and they're like, oh, do you want lace? I'm like, yeah, they're like, you. Oh, please lace it like I'm like trust me like you, you've never seen someone lace like me <laughs> like I lace them better than factory like lacing is an art it's almost like plaiting hair like it, the weave has to be perfect yeah I fucking hate it's lacing things crepes, bro. when the Nikes come now and they're not laced it's bro, the listen, worst like, thing if, if all else fails for me right here I'm going to work in a factory lacing no one yeah <laughs> no one can chat shit to me about lacing like I'm I am quick bro if things go wrong there'll probably be some AI shit that's gonna probably lace in the next five years, bro. Oh, I've looked for it. Don't get me wrong. I've for it, man. <laughs> Wait, are you on ChatGPT? Nah. Have you used it? You've told me bro, about it. it. I need to look into so it. That shit's interesting. crazy, bro. Bro, it, like, I, I will just, the first time that I figured out it was a thing, I just sat there on my laptop for a whole day. I had work to do as well. Sat on my laptop for like five hours straight, just chatting to ChatGPT. Bro, this guy, bro, yeah. it is so no. interesting. It knows everything. We had work to do, bro. Do you not think that's scary? No, it it's is, so it's scary. fucking nuts. But let me tell you, bro, it come... Four, five o'clock, me and H will check in three, four times throughout the day. How are you getting on? Done this, done that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bro, what, uh, you done the things? Nah, bro, I haven't, you know. I guess, bro, what, why not? Because me and H, we're quick to check on each other, innit? If someone's not pulling their weight, we're going to tell you because that's just how we work. Nah, man, I haven't done it. I guess, bro, what, why not? Like, you've been at home all day. I've been chatting to the chat GPT, bro, all day. 
I was like, what What do you mean? He's like, like I've been, bro, he was asking it for like how he's going to cook his dinner, bro. It was like, bro, listen to this man. This is what he told me how to cook so, my chicken. You know, Marinated this dinner. <laughs> right. Do, do, you know, do you know what's nuts about it? I was, it was 6 a.m. And I wanted to, I was like, fuck. I was like, I've been saying that I want to switch up the way that I train. I haven't. So I just typed into it. I was like, can you write me a three day split for functional fitness? Bro, and it ripped me like a full three-day split. Like we met cons at the end of each session, crazy, like really bro. short ones. Bro, it is fucking crazy. And the thing is, I, I haven't, I, I haven't I, even it, tapped into any of it yet. I mean, there's that's so scary. Much Surely there's a guy like that's just like, you know what I mean? Surely there's like some... No, bro, because it's writing out actual... Bro, it's writing out things in 30 seconds, bro. Obviously, I don't know exactly how it works. But I'm pretty sure there's just a curation of every, everything that's on the internet. I'm pretty sure. When it gathers the data and yeah, then yeah, distributes yeah, yeah, accordingly. Yeah, yeah. That's and, and, crazy, and, and, and bro. It thinks for itself as well. Smart, but it's, but it's scary. It's scary, bro. Dangerous. It's scary. But it's not like Siri. Yeah, but it this is in it for itself. This is in its lowest form though as well, mm. which is the thing. This is the start, bro. This is the start. And you can hold a conversation that's better than 90% of human beings with this computer, bro. Someone's, Have you never seen that program? I think it's like, oh, is it humans or robots? Yes. And she clarks the Bro, I studied it in media studies at college, bro. And the robots they were walking around like, yeah, 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 didn't, the, yeah. didn't the dad stop banging it or something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so don't banging it. I was gonna say, the robot was fit though. There's, there's a program, <laughs> smash. There's a program now that someone created with ChatGBT and it edits video, bro. You, you'll put video in there. You'll say exactly how you want it edited and it edits video. I don't Class, we're out of a job, bro, already. Great. <laughs> yeah. Six months in and we're out of a job. No, but, no, but, no, but the thing is though, is, is, is an AI can't hold a camera, bro. I wanna know about the products, man. This is me the third time I'm asking you that. Oh, shit, I, yeah. I, okay. Right. I, w- I want to talk about what they are. Right. So what the, what the process was, everything along those right, type of lines. Stay on track now. Right. So obviously the hardest thing with a service-based business is scaling it because you have to get, you know, you have to get people employed that have a set skill. And it's very hard to do that within my game because of the liability of how expensive the trainers are. So obviously the way that I got into sneaker cleaning was through sneaker care products and loving sneakers when I was younger. So a natural path of having a brand that is a sneaker care brand is to obviously launch our own products. And who better to formulate a product than someone that cleans trainers day in, day out? Mm. So, you know, we God, I've tried to launch a product for so long now. The issue that I have is that... I was going to say, you've been sitting on them for a minute, bro. What, what products are they? Because obviously so, a lot of the people at home, at home probably won't know. Yeah, so the products that customers already know about, so we have sneaker trees. So obviously they're they basically go inside the trainer. They're there to protect the shape, prevent creasing. Um, and for a very long time, I used to give them away with a clean. I could. I, I think I've got like six or seven online. of them but pairs at home. You know, every time I travel, it's just they clash. You know what I mean? And it obviously had the branding on. And yeah, the sn- sneaker dog. The there. brand goes with me everywhere in the world that I go, bro. I've developed wipes. I've got like twenty thousand wipes ready to launch. The issue that I have is that I then need to get the individual sachets into packaging. So I've got to really kind of like decipher, okay, do I do it in three packs, 10 packs or 15 packs or 30? And then I actually need to go and get that packaging made. By the way, guys, I've, sorry, bro. I've used the wipes and they're fucking sick, bro. Mate, they're class. They're fucking sick. Like, don't just get like the Johnson's baby wipes that after you've had your little... Like to do your trainers and or toothbrush, like these proper things, bro. Yeah, it is like obviously it has like the right formulation of chemicals. Um, you know, obviously you have like the two side of it. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of difference. We've got that. We've got our own cleaning solution. I use a cleaning solution every day within the business. Mm-hmm. I need to decant it from these huge twenty-five liter drums into kind of consumer size. 
Would you market that to from business to business, or would you market that from business so to consumer? How would I'm going to do both because, like I said, you know, there's a lot of people trying to do what we do, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Can't control that. So let's support people like that. Mm-hmm. Let's develop a product that we can then sell to people like that to grow from there. We've also got things such as, you know, like your, your protector sprays. So there's quite a lot that, that we're ready to go. The hardest thing has been the capital to go into launching the products because, mm. you know, there's always things like the new HQ, putting stuff into the service. Um, but yeah, products are going to get launched this year, 100%. Like we're just getting the website rebuilt, just starting to do kind of product imagery. So it'll be coming this year. Dope. But I think at the same time, it's probably like, perfectionist thing as well i haven't wanted to launch until it's perfect until it's perfect and like that's probably what's holding me back honestly sometimes just launching something that's imperfect and then you're going to come across the mistakes that you're going to make um you're going to you're going to come across all these obstacles and you're probably going to you're going to learn so much more from just going head first rather than holding out until you're waiting for the perfect time and the perfect everything's perfect and it's probably going to take me setting boundaries and being disciplined in terms of my time Mm. because the service is chaotic. And it's kind of your, well, it, it is it's, your it's priority. Do you know what I mean? And but I said this to you the other day when we came to the unit. I know for a fact, once you launch the products, they will take over. They, they, they will do so much more for you than your service is doing. Actually, there's a point where you have to, you know, when it comes to pricing your service, you have to do what you have to do to make mm. it make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, at some point, I'd, I'd like to rely on the products for most of our profit and then be able to provide the service more of kind of like a, a nice thing to customers from a brand perspective to kind, mm-hmm. of kind of, you know, have people included and to actually have them present within mm-hmm. the business. And, and kind of market that as more of a premium. Yeah. Whereas yeah. at the moment, you know, I have to rely on the service to make things work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have yeah, yeah. to do the service to get the capital up to launch the products. So at some point, like I'd like the products to become the main part of the business so that the service side of it is more of a nice fun thing to provide mm-hmm. to customers mm-hmm. instead of like this, you know, this really needs to work. Yeah. Mm. I'm pretty sure there's a sneaker, like um, like they do like sneaker wipes and cleaning products in um, like Selfridges and Harvey Nichols. I can't remember what the brand is. It was a few years ago I used to see it. I, I haven't seen them for a while. It comes to like the clear case and stuff like that. I'd imagine kind of your brand's somewhere like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, obviously we've worked with Selfridges from like the service perspective and the way that we, so obviously like we, we've had a rebrand over the year. It's always been the sneaker doc. Mm-hmm. But at some point, I mean, you'll remember, I don't know if you will, H, you might do. Um, originally, it was a sneaker on the side. It was like a lightning bolt that was lime green. And then it said the sneaker doc. I, uh, I actually do remember that. Yeah, and, and we changed it very slightly. It was very typography based and took away the trainer, took away the lightning bolt, brought in the teal, and it just had a, just had a line. And what it allowed me to do was to justify the brand next to anything so mm. Yeezy the sneaker doc Selfridges the sneaker doc that was kind of the ideology behind the rebrand is that actually it became much more of a premium brand that could also be associated with the bigger brands what was that like working with like a big brand like Selfridges or Harvey Nicks I know that you did something with them <laughs> don't hold back because I know what your answer is you know it's, it's interesting I'm a big believer that direct to consumer is the best way to go Mm. You know, when I had the thing with Selfridges, it was, I couldn't afford to have somebody at the shop 24-7. It wouldn't make sense. I could not financially make it work. So 
it worked out that it was a drop-off location that was ran by their team. So customers would walk in, would go to their team and say, oh, hi, I want to put my trainers in. No matter how many times you popped in, the and same story was like, customers would go in, oh, nobody wants to help me put my trainers in. You know, you have to be accountable for everything in, my, in, in life. I could have gone in more, 100%. But it was just a matter of fact that like, the customer's experience when I worked with retailers was, it wasn't directly with me. I couldn't control it. Yeah, they're never going to treat your baby like you would. They're never like going to treat my would. baby. Why yeah. would they, man? Like, do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like, I'm, a, what happened, the I'm staff. a small brand compared to like Louis Vuitton. And like, like, if I was that retail worker and I had, you know, somebody wanting to spend a few grand at Louis Vuitton and I was going to get commission off it, I'm going to go towards it. Like it's a dog, like dog eat dog world. Like yeah, I, I appreciate that and I understand it. Mm-hmm. And it just got to a point where the most powerful thing to do was to take back control. Like now, right, I've had customers that have come over from, you know, the point of access through retail where they just obviously just come straight to me now. I get to meet them. They get to meet me. They buy into the brand more. I've got the trainers straight away. They're not in, sat in store for five days without me knowing. It's just such a smoother process. Wait, so what happened with the the staff in the retail stores? Well, actually, they, they just weren't with the orders. They just weren't really giving the, the customer service that you wanted. Yeah, pretty almost, much. Almost, almost writing it off if someone would come in and ask to get their... Trainers cleaned. Yeah, still like, you know, I'd have a call on a Sunday, like, oh, I've been around seven members of staff, no one really knows where they're going. It's a Sunday do, night. Do you think it was like, an organization thing? No, you're, you're, you at think the end of the day, bro, as a Selfridge's standpoint, you were at the bottom of their priority list. That's just where it was. That's, and that's how it felt, and that's how it was. But at the same time, why should it be like that? Not, not why should it be like that. I mean, that's just the way it is. You, yeah. know, you know, in a humble way, like, I was still a small fish. Mm-hmm. I did very well to get my get my foot in the door. How did how did that happen? How did it happen? I mean, on both times, both brands approached me for it. That's amazing. <laughs> what was that feeling so, like? I mean, with Harvey DM, it, nah, nah, email, nah, nah. nah. So like, so what's I, up, James? Want to come drop off the sneak duck and stole? <laughs> nah, obviously you see stuff. Like fire emoji, fire all, emoji, yeah. fire emoji. <laughs> I mean, it all comes from growing relationships within those stores with mm. the right people, you know, with the decision makers. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. back in my early days when I started the business and my my mindset around this has changed a lot now, but in the early days, I had no overheads. I was working at my mom's house. Whatever money came in was mine. So yeah, like, I can tell you like I was at Harvey Nichols. Hmm. I was with the personal shoppers. I was buying my clobber building a relationship and they were like oh like what do you do oh this is what i do so that's how they got to know about the business and the brand because i was in there kind of building relationships spending money and then yeah one day they were like what about if we work together and you provide it to our customers and that's how harvey nichols came about it was harvey nichols before selfridges yeah harvey yeah. nichols was like 10 months in i think which is wild to think <laughs> yeah that, that is crazy nuts. I remember, like, I was buzzing, like, you know, I remember, you like, being be, in bro. there, like, taking a picture of, like, my notepad, and like, oh. it was cool, man. Like, yeah. it was cool. When I posted, like, I've been working with Selfridges, phone is popping off. Do you know what I mean? Like, posts that are getting, like, 400 likes, usually. I go, I'm getting, like, 2,000 likes, 400 comments. Like, people are so invested in the story. Like, that's the thing it. with the sneaker dot. People have loved the story of it growing. Yeah. Mm. And it's amazing. Like, my mate was like, oh, you've got, like, a weird cult following. And like, I don't think it's weird. Like, it's, it's bizarre. Like, I've, yeah, I'm, like sometimes I, I, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. But it's great. Like, there's so many people that are like backing me, and that kind of helps me to keep going as well. One time where I really, really realized 
obviously how how much of a cult following you actually have created with the brand was in that pretty shitty period obviously where you got robbed the amount of support on socials was crazy bro yeah like it was wild you know and i mean just a very short glance and we'll, we'll go into it so back at the end of july woke up one morning um so yeah, to find out that we've been broken into. This was at your and previous unit, yeah, right? Yeah, my old unit. What, yeah. what, what was the first thought? Like, I remember I was I was sat down eating my Weetabix, happy as Larry, and my <laughs> ring doorbell went off, and I'm like, "Why is my ring doorbell going off?" Like when I turn when I look at my phone in the morning, there were loads of notifications. Yeah. So I hadn't got to that point in the day where I'd looked at my phone and gone through them, but I was there eating my Weetabix, and my ring goes off, and I'm like, "Why the fuck is my ring going off at 7 a.m. in the morning?" I looked at it and there's just two guys from the units at the top of the trading estate staring at my shutter. And I'm like, yo, like, lads, what are you doing? And they were like, mate, you've been robbed. And my heart sank. Like it, it was- Oh bro, my was, heart just sank for you, bro. Fuck. It was fucked. Like it was the worst feeling. Like I remember like I jumped up, my ex-partner at the time, I was like, I need to go. I've been robbed. She got changed. We jumped in the car, plotted my car over to like, back over to the unit. My dad at the time lived closer to that unit. Mm. by about 20 minutes and I remember like calling him when he got there and I was like what's it like and he just like and I just remember him going like mate they fucking took it all and my heart sunk like what was it all so it was about 130 pairs which is probably like between 80 and 90 grand I was gonna say you don't you don't really clean cheap trainers bro no exactly and you know and I thought I'd done everything to to secure it I, I didn't think it was a weak spot yeah you know, I had X, Y, and Z from a security perspective. We had like a raw iron gate on the main door. We had a security door that had like locks at the top, the side, the bottom. You thought you were good? We had a wall in between the shutter. I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I, I never thought, and I, you know, I guess that's my naivety. And it's something that I blame myself for. Something that you learned from massively. Something well. that you learned, that I learned from as well. Yeah. Um, and now I, I literally hyper-analyze security in so many aspects. But yeah, like I, like I got there and it was, you know, like I literally remember like I almost crashed the car because I literally screamed into the car park. And I just remember like just going and booting the door, like just pretty much scream and like just out of like desperation. It all just, it just came out. I didn't know. I didn't know how to handle it. I just remember thinking like, how the fuck am I going to get through this? This is like that thing that I've gone, imagine and then it finally fucking, and it, and it actually happens. Not like, imagine like if it did, like I've gone, that's the maddest thing that could ever happen. And it happened. I've taken precautions, every precaution that I can do. I'm insured. And then one day it fucking happened. And like, there's so many different aspects to that trauma. You know, there's the customer side of it. Yeah, imagine bro, like, imagine feeling like, like you've got like 80 I'm, people's pairs of shoes, yeah, bro. Absolutely. And the thing is, right, I'm not a prick. I love my customers. I love people. I'm very empathetic. I can put myself in people's shoes. So I'm going like, fuck, like, these customers that I love to serve are now without trainers because I've been broken into. There's a side of it where I go, okay, I'm insured, but this is a huge, huge, huge hit. Am I ever going to survive it? Is my business going to survive it? And then, right, there was this feeling of like, I have sacrificed so much in four years. I have put so much energy. I have lost so many friends. I've lost so much of my mental health. I've 
poured so much into this brand for four years and in a night these twats have literally came in and they've just just absolutely obliterated it because at the time like you do go for that negativity bias and you're like fuck i'm never getting back from this so obviously when it happened i remember i was shit scared to put it out to the public i was just like nobody is ever going to want to use me again i'm finished the past four years that you know that i put into this brand they were literally for nothing like it's over um then a couple of friends were like no like you have to just just put it out there like you know it's not going to be negative mm. so then i remember um it's quite the opposite bro yeah absolutely and the issue that i had is that i couldn't do it for a while because obviously when they when they when they robbed the unit they took the work phone and they took two laptops so i had nothing i had no way of contacting customers and no way of getting into my social media because we have two-factor authentication. Yeah. And then I remember on the Thursday, got the phone, and I was like, right, okay, shit, need to do this. Turned the phone on to 350 WhatsApp messages. I then had to call 90 people and be like, hi, by the way, just to let you know, we've been robbed. Which, at That's a moment in tough. time when, you know, I'm still trying to process what's happened. Mm. My, like my head was fucked. Having to be the responsible person and do the right thing and tell those people, every single phone call was so hard and literally took every little bit of happiness out of me. What were people because, saying to you on the phone? I mean, look, you know, there were some people that were... Oh, fucking hell, mate. <laughs> my, my <LVs>. nah. <laughs> nah, and of course you know a lot of people that were first time users you know mm. obviously we're very like you know what, what's going to happen it's not the best first impression let's be honest oh, of course. I mean <laughs> we could joke about it now because it but like and then there were people that knew me that you know and I'm like look like I come from a good background I've worked very hard I, you know I'm not going to let you go without but at the same time this is the most fucked up situation that I never thought would happen was there, was there anyone was there anyone that before obviously you put the post and kind of solidified that it actually happened that didn't believe you and thought has he just tried to do on a little sly I one here I, I had a couple of people that I couldn't get in contact with question me when the post had gone up and I'm like please just look on the post I'm not making this up like yeah. it's pretty much like written my business off mm -hmm. I'm I'm not making this up there's news articles about it I'm really sorry to tell you that X Y and Z has happened don't want to be telling you i'm going to sort you out but please just like believe what i'm saying like yeah. i would not be having this conversation with you out of choice but obviously i went through all those phone calls posted it on social media you uploaded the video from the ring doorbell yeah, right yeah. of the dudes actually coming in yeah absolutely and fucking hell it went off my phone just started pinging like so like there was just comment after comment like after like shares I mean, it was probably saw by like millions of people because obviously there, you know, there are there were various influencers, celebrities, footballers that shared that post. That what was that feeling like of having everybody support the cause so so much? Overwhelming, like I didn't deserve it. Why did you feel like that? Because I felt like I felt responsible. Mm. Like no matter, even if I couldn't have. What am I trying to say here? I, like, take your time. You bro. always think that you you're always like I could have done more. Even though I'd done so much to secure that unit, mm. like in the back of your mind, you're still like, I could have done fucking more. And this is all my fault. 
I'm the one that should take the blame for everything. I'm the one that should carry the weight of this. And it was like you were getting all of this positive, positive yeah, and absolutely. like love and like, it felt like bittersweet kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like the only thing that it did was it allowed me to realize that it wouldn't be the end of the sneaker doc. Yeah. But at a time when the only thing that I care about, right, is getting those trainers back and getting to the bottom of it. Didn't really give a fuck. I didn't really care. Yeah. Obviously, I was so grateful for it, but I just wanted the trainers back and, and I still had to deal with all of the customers and they were my main priority. And I, I just wanted to prove to those customers, like, I'm going to do everything that I can do to help you out. Like, please believe me. Like, it's, it's fucking hard. Yeah. Like, you know, I've had conversations with customers where they're like, like, what about my trainers? And I'm like, I get it, honestly. Trust me, I get it because I'm dealing with this times 130. I'm taking this as if I've been robbed of 130 pairs. and Because at the end of the day... They were yours? If insurance want to be twats, if we don't have a high enough, you know, policy or like whatever, like at the end of the day, it's me that's going to have to pay for this situation. Mm -hmm. So I get it. I really get it. I really get the pressure because it's not just one pair. It's 130 yeah. pairs. And that's fucking mind-blowing. Did you manage to successfully get everybody their trainers back? No, nah, not at all. Um, but we got some back. You know, How I, did that happen? I mean, I can't go into like obviously complete detail, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I was a persistent little shit. <laughs> I didn't let things lie. I chased up every lead. Mm. You know, as you would, bro. That was your life. I was like a dominant, baby. like you know, yeah, like, because. Because of what was at stake, do you know what I mean? Like I, mm. I saw that I was like, how how am I going to sort this out? My only way of sorting this out is to actually go into like detective mode, go out onto the streets, try and hunt these people down. And you know, we found out certain facts, and we found out, you know, we found out certain things from certain people. You know, this information got fed onto the police. They did a couple of raids, located the van, found some stuff. Found some. Well, no, they didn't, they didn't find it in the van. Oh. Um, I think there was like a. I think it was like after a week where information started kind of like leaking out. They were like, apparently, you know, it was guys that were locally. It's never been proved. Police aren't interested in pursuing it anymore. But um, information started kind of, Chinese whispers started happening. Mm. Various things started getting uncovered. Police started doing their digging. Obviously, the post went viral. And I think the suspected people didn't really understand the power that the brand had. And I don't think they really understood actually that how many people would stand behind me. Yeah, bro. If you've done something and then you've got a post which has reached millions of people specifically targeted in the area where you're working. Well, like they're too hot to and handle. And you're local. You know I mean? It's like, oh shit. Like Exactly. I think like it got way too hot to handle. Do you know what I mean? Like, look, we, you know, we service so many different types of people. Mm. People from certain walks of life. Don't care. Nothing wrong with like it's some of my best customers. And these customers are probably more dangerous than the people that robbed me. And they're like, look, we got you back. Like, or they were like saying like, what a stupid move it was. Like it's, why would you do it? Like, you know, like what are you going to gain from it? Mm. Do you You're think right. that maybe it was personal? No, nah, no, nah, not at all. Maybe it became personal when I started like, you know, poking my nose in mm -hmm. and putting myself in harm's way to try and find out information driving around places at like two in the morning, trying to look for certain vehicles, look for certain people, look for certain signs. Um, 
But, you know, I don't think it was a personal attack, now not at all. Like, someone that had come to the unit, they'd seen what was there, they thought, fucking, obviously, the great opportunity. This is what I was just it. about to say. Not understanding the power of the brand. Yeah. It then went really fucking viral, and they're like, shit, shit, shit. Because, obviously, like, we found about 75 pairs down a country lane, which is, and it was about two minutes from the unit. Mm. Um, and they were dumped in bin bags. Each bin bag had, like, a bit of rubble in it. I don't know if the rest are out there. I don't know if they've still got them. Still so like, you only managed to secure yeah, that Yeah, there's amount. still like 60 pairs missing. And um, you're still ongoing with insurances and all yeah, of that like kind of stuff? Yeah, like insurance have been a pain in the, like, not a pain in the arse, they've just been slow, like, it's a huge, it's a huge claim. They're doing everything they can realistically not to pay out, aren't they? I, I don't want to think like that, but like, yeah. but they're just going to take their time and, yeah, and the, yeah. the hardest thing is that they have control. I can't turn around to insurance and go, by the way, customers are pressuring me for an update, please can you go and fuck yourselves? yeah. And yeah. Give me what I need. I just have to. I don't care, bro. No, so I just have to like follow the right process, do my due diligence, complete X, Y, and Z document, provide them with all the information. But it's on their terms at the end of the day. You know, like it took them two and a half, three months to ask me to get from every single customer an email that had like full name, age of trainers, and then confirming they hadn't claimed on their own content insurance. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I could have done this from day dot. Like, so that's been hard, but it's out of my control. Mm. But you feel responsible for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and effectively, they're not going to be pestering your insurance. They're going to be pestering you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you are responsible in a sense, in their yeah, eyes. Absolutely, which, which you understand. But yeah, like I said, you know, we found them. I got a call. It was like shy of two weeks after it happening. Turn on the customer service phone in the morning. There's a message on WhatsApp. Hi, I think we've got something that belongs to you. And it was just like a picture of... There was a pair of Alexander Wangs. There was a grey pair of Yeezy 500s. There was one left shoe of like a Louis Vuitton heel. And then there was an Air Force that I'd had customed by a guy called Cam Creates for a London event we did. And it had the sneaker duck on it. And when I saw that photo, I was like, what the fuck? Where like, are you? Where is where it? Where are you? Yeah. Called them. And he was like, oh, we're at this farm. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. So I bombed there. Seen it. So in the bag, I'm like, yeah, this is my shit. Like, where was it? They're showing me, like, the field. And I'm, like, I'm just, I'm driving along the field. And I could just see, like, four bin bags. So I pulled, I've got out my car, I looked. And, like... Bin bags full of crepes? Well, I didn't know that. But I could just see bin bags that matched, like, what they had. Yeah. And basically, right, it was in a cattle field. And they feed the cattle, like, on the night time in the morning. And they'd gone to feed the cattle in the morning. And it's in a black bin liner. So, of course, they're like, yo, we need to take this out. Taking it down to, like, the main HQ. Um, and then someone that was kind of, like, around 20 had obviously seen the viral story mm. and then associated the brand, called me. I've gone, so I've gone to the field and there were, like, five bags, four or five bags in this, like, one hedge. And I couldn't get to it because it was all brambles, but I could walk around, like, the field I stepped in cow shit. That was the worst thing. I've ever <laughs> like, like a sneaker cleaner's worst nightmare. I was just like, who cares? And I could grab. And I remember grabbing one bag. It was heavy, man. And there were seven pairs in it. And I remember thinking like, shit, like I've got a good 35 here. Mad. Um, and then it got to a point where like, I got like, you know, like Reese and my dad to like bring me like long clothes down. Because I had like shorts and a t-shirt on yeah, at the yeah. time. It was summer. Um, went into the brambles, got the other four bags, turn around, 
And in the opposite hedge, there were like 10 bags. What was that feeling like? Oh! <laughs> I, I was on a high, like there's a, there's a guy now that I've actually became very good friends with. He'd, he was a first time user. He gave me a pair of Travis Scott's. Damn. We joke about it now, yeah, because like he gave me them on the Thursday. They were ready on the Friday, but he just couldn't be bothered to come and get them. And then it happened on the Monday night. Mm. Fuming. But I remember finding like Jordan's like, I remember finding his Travis's and I was just like, mate, you never guess. I'm like, look at this. I'm like, fucking come on. Like, <laughs> you know, them mad trainers. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then there was like kind of like a heart sink when it was only 75. Yeah. Well, it was like 75 pairs. And then like really annoyingly, there was like eight single shoes, like no left or no right shoe, which is like a kick in the teeth. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 100, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, obviously they'd been dumped. I did a CCTV trial of like the air of like, this is the worst thing. The police did fuck all. Like they would not go out. Why? Did they, they say to you? It's under-resourced, aren't they? Just, they just don't really prioritize stuff. Um, I remember like we literally went around the whole area, knocked on every single door with CCTV. And like, I remember what, I don't know how people watch CCTV, right? Because it's the most boring thing in the world. Yeah. Just looking for that one thing. And you see like a car at like 4.42, come up the lane, stop where the trainers were found, stop for three minutes. So probably got out, clattered it that way, clattered it that way. And then you see a car like go to the top and it does like a turn and then looks down towards it for like three minutes. Mm. But it, it's nighttime, the number plate's reflective. The police didn't care. They were like, oh, well, if we can't have it from you, we'd have to go to the house and get it. Mm. Like, all right okay great cheers um <laughs> yeah like, i did all of that and then the hardest thing i didn't put it out on social media that we'd found it because i still had hope that they would do a second batch because the car that i saw on the cctv would have only realistically fitted that many trainers like 75 pairs in yeah um so i was like right they've done a, they've done a one batch so they're gonna do it somewhere gonna else do a second batch which yeah. made sense with like the random one pairs yeah 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 um so for like a week, I was up at like half three, four every morning because obviously that was the time it got dropped and I was just driving down the lanes, driving around them, just in the hope that they were found. And I didn't want to put it up online in case they hadn't dumped them. But then like, it got I think like a week later and I was I was just like, yeah, like nah, nothing. You can't just keep driving around early nah. hours in the morning going insane, bro. Well, I was, do you know what I mean? Like like, it, yeah. The biggest thing that happened during that first three weeks, I, I, nothing... I did absolutely fuck all to do with the business. I didn't get back on my feet. I didn't push back. I just chased this. You yeah, know. So not only did you take this fat L, I took it you hit back. a massive standstill as well. Yeah, hit a massive standstill. That fucked us. Like that was hard because obviously I just had the new shop. Mm -hmm. I'm dumping big money into the shop. Mm. Yeah, because the landlord don't care that you got robbed. He still wants uh, his rent. Well, exactly, and like, and I didn't really care like how long the new place would take to be done because I had my old unit. And I was like, it's all right. Like I can earn X amount, dump X amount into the new place. Mm -hmm. If it takes me five months, it's fine. But then obviously what happened is got broken into my old unit and it was like, I can never work from here again. Mm. So then I had to move into a building site. Like I remember Reese was cleaning out of like my, we had like a, when I moved into the office, it was a beautiful kitchen. It was the best feeling ever. I had like a beer fridge and everything. <laughs> had Reese cleaning out of the, uh, out of the nice kitchen and he's like marked all my all my, like my nice grey kitchen up because we had to clean out of this kitchen sink because like the industrial sinks weren't in place mm. 
the worst part about it was that like when we got robbed there was about five grand's worth of orders that hadn't been paid for and I was no longer going to get paid for I then stopped business for like another three weeks that's a big load of money that I'm not earning Mm -hmm. and then I had to go and dump like X amount of money into the new place to make it secure and as much as I would have liked to have given that to other people that's one what I pay insurance for and two if I can't afford to pay insurance and the business folds I can't pay you out I had to you know I had to get back on our feet to keep things going and to do that I obviously had to put money into the new place and my original plan was to kind of do that over a over a stretch period of time but all of a sudden I had to just bang bam it just felt like the money it, it sucked everything out of you killed me like absolutely killed me like financially what, what was that time period like for you personally and your personal relationships? Because obviously your job holds enough stress anyway. But I feel like when you, before, just before the robbery, I feel like you got to a stage where you found your balance or were very close to finding it. But when something so shit effectively happens that is taking everything out of you with the business... Did it have a knock-on effect on the people around you and, and, and how you operated on a social level? Yeah, absolutely. Look, like, you know, there's, there's friendships that at the moment in time are no longer existent. And, and it's hard because, you know, it's not what I think these people have anything to do with it. It's just that when, like, when we got robbed, I just had to get away from the area. I didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. How, um, did, it, how did it affect you mentally, that whole situation? Like, it absolutely fucked me. I mean, I'm, I'm a lot better now, but mm. I was so paranoid. I couldn't walk down the street. Thinking that the person, the people that yeah, did like it were there. they were just going to come and grab me or, like, mm. they were going to, you know, take me away, like... Your head just was pl- playing games and you didn't. Yeah, yeah. You like, never knew what... Like, I was always scared to, like, leave stuff at the old office. Even though the new office now, yeah, has, like, three times the amount of alarms, all the internal shutters, like, smoke cloaks, it's 24-7 monitored, Right. I still shit myself, man. Mm. Like, like a, on a PTSD kind yeah, of level. Hundred like percent. Like, like I have. Like it, it gave me PTSD. Um, it gave me so much anger towards the world. It absolutely fucked my trust. I was just like, I don't know who to trust. I don't know who's linked to it. Well, yeah. You. I mean, the the camera footage shows two or th- two or three dudes, right? Yeah. So messed but, up in the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know but, what they were doing. But you. Obviously, like you're saying, your mind's already playing tricks on you. So it's like, well, who are these two or three dudes? Are they customers? Are they people that I think were close to me and knew what times I'm not going to be around, what time my phone's going to be off, etc. And thinking into that, yeah. that shit will fuck you and up, And then bro. as well, like, I just, there was no chance that I could be present with people in life like at that period of time. Mine yeah. was constantly wondering. I was just consumed with, with what had happened. Yeah. Um, you would be though, man. You know, obviously, so at the time, I, you know, I was I was with my ex, um, mm-hmm. and and that relationship ended, you know, for different reasons, and it just you know it just played its time. But I remember so like when it had happened, right, happened on obviously the Monday night, the Saturday was her birthday, and it like and it and it was horrendous. All, you know, all all I wanted to do was just uh, like I just I wanted her to have a nice day, and I remember, like we went for breakfast at Medicine. My phone was blowing off. She was talking to me and it and my mind it was just going straight past me. It's going in and out. Just going in and out. Oh. 
And I just felt fucking horrendous. I was just like, I'm poisoned right now. Like I've got so much anger and shit going on. It's meant to be your birthday. I'm not present. I can't. And I remember just saying like, oh, like just, just go and see your girls. And it like, just go and have a good day. Like it's one of those. And you just kind of just wanted to be on your own, bro. And just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, how did she take that? In, in a good way, obviously like, I could see that it killed her. Mm. Like it was hard, obviously, you know, like she wanted to spend her birthday with me, but that circumstance, you know, that, you know, that, that present at that point in time, I wasn't, I wasn't present. I wasn't available to, to be you there. Well, you weren't you effectively. I wasn't me, do you know what I mean? And like, and, and having seen that moment of selfishness was, I like, it was horrible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and a takeaway that it massively showed me, I mean, throughout that whole relationship, I wasn't present because mm. of the business. And, you know, like hats off. Like she, she put it with a lot. Like it was, it's one of those. Having someone there, though, we, we we touched on this in the last podcast. But I think it's so important for someone that's driven and wants more out of life, and that is busy all the time, to have someone that understands that you can't really dedicate your life to a relationship purely because you're building. Only if that's your mindset. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it, how do you look at it? If you have the right person, they can help you you grow. Exactly. Hundred percent. Like. You know, if you're a business owner, you can't go and fuck about. Like, you ain't mm-hmm. got the time to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, having a solid woman behind you is so important. Like, you have to understand that. I said that in the last pod. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, and it's one of those, like, my, you know, my past relationship wasn't the right one. But having come out of it and had, and kind of reflected. Made you realise what? It made me realise right that, you know, like, mm-hmm. it made me understand actually, like, even though I own a business, I have to be present with my family, my relationships. So it kind of taught me that, you know what, like when it is time for me to have a relationship again and I get someone that's supportive and wants to be there and supportive, mm. that I also need to be present and I need to make time and have balance in life to give to them as well as the business. I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason. It doesn't matter, good or bad. So it's like even when you, when, when you got robbed, when everything happened with your girlfriend, you realized that you weren't present. I, I definitely think that those things probably happened for a reason. And then you, you've, you've gone and learned from them. Like, is there any lessons that you've learned from when you got robbed? Or when you had the situation with your girlfriend? X at the time. Well, X now. Loads. Uh, <laughs> got there in the end, lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, loads. You know, work to life balance is so important. Mm. All that I used to do was work. And it got work, to a work great out, place. eat, sleep, repeat. Pretty much, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And when I got robbed, I might not have ever recovered. And you know what I'd have had? Fuck all. Because all I had was the business. Mm. Didn't have myself, didn't have a relationship with her, with my friends, with my family. So it made me understand that actually you have to have like balance in life. And that actually, when you have balance in life, growth, like growth comes in an abundance. Mm. Once you establish. Right, I'm going to work during these periods, but I'm going to dedicate this day of the week or this evening or to my girlfriend, my children, taking my mom for lunch, my whatever it's going to be, like you said, to find that balance. You're going to be so much more efficient and more productive when you step into that workplace. Yeah, 100%. Because, because you're, you're so you're much... You're, 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 it's like the, the, the energy that is coming to you and you're giving out. It's like it's a reflective thing. I'm a firm, firm believer that the energy you put out into this world will come back to you in whatever way. And if you're putting out this love to the people that really love and care for you, it's going to come back. And when it's coming back, you feel good. And when you feel good, you work well and efficiently. 
And obviously, like you said, the growth comes with that. Absolutely. I'm um I'm a weird grinder, you know. I I, I think I'm kind of the opposite to that. Yeah, but in what sense? Yeah, but I, like I, I, I think that well, I think that when when I get into my grind mode, kind of where I am at the moment, I feel like I need. I need tunnel vision when I'm in that grind mode. I need to I need to be locked the fuck in and I need to be every day. That's all I'm doing. And that's my main 90% of my focus is on that grind. That that's the that's where I feel like I'm most productive. And it's when I feel like I'm making the most progress. And it's when I feel like I'm the most creative and when I'm getting everything done. Like at the moment, if I don't have anything to do, I like I'll either I'll just edit old, old clients' content and I'll just send out to them, here you go, I did this. I'll just, I, I even just enjoy sitting in my desk, at my desk, the lab, and just no, sitting there yeah. and relaxing because it makes me happy. And, and that is so important, but there will come a point in time, right? You fizzle. That is not sustainable. Do you know what? I kind of you feel like I'm like, there with my training at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I said this mate, to you. You mm. have to, it's something that you won't learn until you go through it. You know, like, look, like, like I told you, like, you know, I've done days where, so like I'm on stimulant medication for ADHD, which gives me a dopamine high so that, I can focus. Mm -hmm. The biggest side effect of um, my stimulant medication is that like it blocks my sleep receptors. I remember like taking it, I I took it like one night and I just worked all the fucking way through. I used to sleep at the unit. Like, like I've done that graph, trust me, like Mm. I've been there. But I was a shadow with the man that I am now, both within business, happiness, outside of work. Like it, it balances everything in life. And this is where understanding, right, that starting your brand is a start point, right? And that it's actually more about the journey than the end point. Mm. And that, like, you have to, fuck, like, you're going to, like, you've got to live that life. So, I enjoy the journey, though. So, the journey's fun. Yeah, but imagine it in 10 years' time when like, all you've done is, like, sat grinding in your room. I know you're not going to do that. I know yeah, you're yeah, gonna, yeah. But you're, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, it's good to have... There, needs, there well. needs to be a balance. I, 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 a balance. I, I, I agree with that. And there is times where I do step away. But it's like at the start of my journey, when it really started to kind of happen, like that was just straight. I, I was just locked the fuck in. Yeah, and that, I think that that, that is so important. That That's the same though with anything though. You need to commit. You need to have a period of to time. To start. And you need to go into like what you said. And I'm not saying to come out of it because being in that demon t- mode right now is... It's 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 crucial to go mm. to the next level. But once you get to a level where like where you were, where you're three, four years in, where not effectively it can it's self sustainable, but you can take a slight step back, you can give that customer for, so for, um c- customer service phone to somebody else and dedicate a little bit more time to those relationships so that you're your best version of yourself. That's where that that kind of balance becomes more important, yeah, I think. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be like, I'm not saying like, go do a nine five, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but you ain't got to do a six six. Sorry, mm. like, you know what I mean? Like, you, I'm not sorry, you ain't got to do like a six to like 10 pm. Yeah, I've you done those do, before, you, man. That is <laughs> tough. Like, like seriously you know I mean? tough. Like, you could do like seven to six. Like, all I'm saying is like, just allocate time. Do you know what it is? Ooh, I live and breathe what we believe in, like, what, what we're trying to create. Like, I, it's all I think about. Like, literally, I, I couldn't think of, a 30 minute period throughout the day where I don't think about it because I'm so locked in right now and I feel like I feel like if that gets broken 
I, I, well, do you know what? It hasn't gotten broken. It, it, well, it hasn't been broken. So I don't, I don't know what would happen. But I feel like yeah, no, it's important for me to stay in this mindset where, in, in this mind state where I'm just constantly going every single day because I'm seeing progress which I've never seen before. But you can still do that, right? Mm. In different segments. And actually, if you learn to hone like deep focus work, you can get more done within a shorter period of time. Time will expand to like what you need it to. Do you know what it is? I find that, so obviously I work out every morning, um, 7 a.m. We're a little bit late this morning, but 7 a.m. You were a little bit late, yeah, not no, no, me. No, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's, that's that's my bad, it's my bad. Like, but my break throughout the day will be when I get up at like, let's say three, whenever I feel like it. Um, and I'll just go for a walk and that will help me reset. And I'll just put a podcast on and like, uh, my mind will wander a little bit and I get home and it's like all of a sudden I'm insanely creative again. Like it's like reignited that, Okay, I'm sitting at my desk. I'm exactly. going to edit loads of videos and get and what them done. you'll find, right, is that actually if you try to go constantly, right, you know that creative flair that you've got right now, mm. start to diminish. Yeah. So actually, sometimes pulling it back a little bit actually makes you more powerful during the allocated time that you're at work. Wow, I didn't think about it like that, you know. It's like kind of Everything falling out yeah, of like love with the craft as well. Yeah. Because you love creating content. Mm. But if that's your all day, every day, can you love it forever? Because I know people that when they were when they were 10, 12, 14, 16, loved football, got to a very, very good level, started making really, really good money. And all of a sudden, they're kind of falling out of love with it because that's all they've ever done their whole life. And if you're a footballer at a good level, you can't, you don't have that much freedom, really. People think it's the lifestyle, it's the best thing ever, but... You've got to be at a set location, a set time. You've got to turn up to the training ground every single day. You have your weekends where you're on match days. It might be away. It might be this. You've not got a lot of time at home. When you are at home, you're resting, you're recovering so that you're fresh for the next day, etc. It's a lot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you have to go through that to then experience it and understand. So, like, something that's very important to practice in life, right, is time blocking mm. and allocating a certain percentage of your time to different things. Now, all that you will mostly be doing, right? Mm. Imagine you've got like, you know, you've got, you've got um, family and friends, relationships, work, and yourself. Most of your time, where is it? It's at work or it's on yourself. Mm. The sad thing is, right, is that most people only give to their family and friends and their loved ones whatever time is left over in a day, which when you're a grinder is probably fuck all. Mm. So then everything starts to come out of kilter. It's quite, it's actually very true. I mean, my mum actually says it to me. She's like, if you're not working, if you're not at a shoot, if you're not like out, like that's when you want to sit and chat to me. And it breaks my heart when she says it to me. But the way you've just put it is like, if you actually do split your life up into that force in those four segments, and the most it, important yeah. thing is probably what gets the least. And who's going to mm. be there for you? Like, you know, unlike on a day when you're at your worst place. Yeah. It's going to be your family, your friends, and like the person that's there for you, like your relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, just good practice, mate. It's just like, just even if it's just like a Tuesday night and a Friday night, just have that as dedicated family time. Yeah. Or, like, you know, and set like that eight to six period as dedicated work time and don't entertain any of like, you know, you time or family time during that time. Be quite strict with it. And actually, you'll find, right, that you then get a better balance of everything in life. So, like, me now, right? So, for and like, this is what my relationship failed back in the day like it'd be 6am the phone would go on the customer service phone ping 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 10 o'clock at night ping 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 you couldn't have a conversation with me mm. my face was like stone 
now, right? Customer service phone goes on at like eight o'clock and it goes off at six p.m. Mm. Every day, no matter what, out of hours. I'm so much more present with my friends. Like Chris will tell you, like, man, I used to be a fucking nightmare to get hold of, wasn't I? No, for real. I just think you felt like I love me, to be honest. <laughs> it's like I broke his heart, mate. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> what's What's one piece of advice that you could give to someone that that were maybe just starting out their first ever brand? Yeah, I've got loads. Like, so I live off like two statements that have mm. kind of helped me to go. So. One statement that I live off is never settle for average. So whether that's kind of in terms of like, you know, something that I'm consuming, I'm buying, some work that I'm doing, mm. the way that I'm applying myself, I never settle for average. Mm. Like I have to go the extra mile. And then the second one is bounce back ability. Success balance, balance, balance what? Bounce back ability. Oh, sorry, sorry. Success is how high you can reach after you hit rock bottom. Oh my God, bro. One of my favorite quotes ever from a film. Rocky Six. Is it? Yeah, Rocky Six. And he goes, um, the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. And he oh, goes, it's mean and nasty. Yeah, yeah, and he goes, and it's not about how hard you can get hit. It's about how hard you can... No, no, you said it's not about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit. And he's like, face like this, and keep moving forward. <laughs> how much you can true, take man. and I keep moving that's forward. That's how winning is done. <laughs> But bro, it gets me fired up, but it's literally what you just said. If you carry those, you know, that attitude to you and you apply it to what you're doing, you're going to go far, man. Like, you ain't got to be a fucking brainiac to, like, create a brand. You just got to be persistent. You you weren't. Great work ethic. You weren't. No, I I wasn't, man. (laughs) No, you weren't, though. I got kicked out of school, like, do you know what I mean? But you came out, you applied yourself, stayed consistent, stayed dedicated, and came up with a brilliant idea. That's the most important thing you can do. And look where you're at. Exactly, do you know what I mean? Mate, it's important. Very important in life, absolutely. I want to touch on one last thing before we go. Um, obviously, your your business is so unique and so special. You've worked with some really, really cool people. Can you name drop some for me? Yeah, of course. I, I just, I just want, I'd like because well, no, of course, so like, yeah, you know, I can name drop obviously the people that like we've we've shared on like our social media. You know, like we've worked with a lot of footballers. You know, like obviously like Grealish. Aaron Mings, Andre Gray, Mendes Lang, one of my like my best customers ever, like, and all of like all of like Natty's like family and extended family like all use me, um, which I have so much to thank them for. Yeah. Um we've obviously done actors, we've done people like Mist, which is a big one for me, stardom, like I'm massive into my music. Yeah. Money that, every that. day is my routine. <laughs> <laughs> Drive around listening to Gucci. But like, you know, for me, like the musicians are like, that. that's where I like, I love music. Like, mm, yeah. I, I'm more, into, I'm not really into my football. So like when I met footballers, I wasn't like, oh my God, you're right, mate. Is that you? Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. Shit, can't believe this. Like, I was just my normal self. Like I was yeah. cool with them. But the, you know what? And I think because of that, that's, that's why I got yes. more because I, I don't come from a, a very bad background. You know? Yeah, I'm yeah, not, yeah. I was like, you're just like it's just a normal client to me. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. I'm not gonna give me your money. The worst thing people say to me, they go, go "Do you charge footballers more?" And I'm like, "Are you mad? No." Yeah, yeah. At the end like, of the day, they're customers, and you've got I mean, to show you know, like, Yeah, exactly. The customers, man. Like fucking hell. But yeah, like musicians to me, like that. that I've I absolutely love doing. Like you got a favorite that you can name? One one person that you that, yeah, that's you get a customer, and you're just like, wow, that that was the one. No, but like. Jack, like Jacko is a great client, and he has been over the years. Um, Potential I, podcast guest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, can you got that in the Jack, locker Jackson's for us? Jackson's a different league now. Do you know what I mean? Like, and he's yeah, doing yeah, exceptionally yeah. well. Um, 
It's a shame that he's not going to win the league this season, though. I think Jack, like, you know, Jack first used me back in 2019. Tell me again. Jack first used me back in like 2019. Like we've mm. done 200 pairs, and wait, he's got 200 pairs of kicks. No, like but we've cleaned the stuff. Yeah, no, like, no. He likes his. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, fuck like no. he's got like three pairs of like white Balenciaga socks. Like the, the, the guy loves them, man. But when you meet him, like it's just it's just a real nice geezer, like down to earth. Mm. Like I get that though from from what obviously we only get shown a small percentage. But I, I but get like, that. You know what? Like you only get shown like what the media. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. And like, and like, I've seen it firsthand. Like after something's been posted and I picked it up and like, you can see it wearing down on him. Like, Jack has like been like, it's just a real nice person, man. And like when I when, whenever I've gone and like met Jack to pick up, like he's always got time to chat. Like, it's just like I'll be having a chat to you now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know, I've got a lot of time for Jack. Um, Mendes Lang, great customer. You know, like I said, like from Mendez, I got like his cousin, his brother, like his extended family, like and I've mm. probably done over like four hundred cleans over the years because Fucking of that. Hell. Like You missing you're missing out on another really good customer. Yeah, there's uh this this this, this, this famous guy called Christos Se- from sexy, Bear Grylls. Se- sexy sexy um, Greek dude. Sexy Greek dude. He's a bit short. <laughs> but <laughs> got a small man he's about, he's bro he's but you about know what? what like i love him i love him i got a lot what? of time now how, how how tall would you say though five ten five six in forces five six fuck <laughs> off <laughs> like five foot seven and three quarters no you're taking a piss now. I, 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 I said five eight last episode how tall are you? five nine bro <laughs> five ten in forces <laughs> see i feel like you know what like if you're in the five foot club you've got nothing to worry about man if i'm in the what like if you're in the five foot club it's fine do you know what i mean people know you're short they accept it Try being six one, man. Like, do you know how many people try and run you down? Like, you're not six foot. You know what? I've sat and listened to you chat waffle for the last how much? <laughs> yeah, and you're throwing shade. Say less. I think. Nah, um, fucking you up. <laughs> I think. Um, I, I think now's a good time to end the pod. It's getting late. Just yeah, quickly. Okay. We could chat for ages, isn't it? Well, yeah, man. You said you said your favorite. Just before we go, you said your favorite. I want to know who would be like the dream person for you to work with. Ooh. Who would be the person that you'd be like? You know what? I want to put that picture of me. Like, so for me, if I was you and like Cristiano Ronaldo brought his boots in and I cleaned them, that photo would be like bigger than that photo in my house and it would be there forever type of thing. Like what would be for you that person? Not necessarily a person, probably like a brand. Do you know what I mean? Like we've always worked with people like Selfridges from like a retail perspective where we were situated within their stores. Yeah. But do you know if like we were to collab with like, I, like I want to do collaborations. Like it'd be good. Like if we did like a a Nike slash the sneaker doc, Gooms and the sneaker doc. Yes, <laughs> the man, the man them. Or like like working with represent would be class. Do you know what I mean? Like because yeah. best brand in the world because, at the moment, man. Yeah, they're absolutely like, world class. Like do you know what I mean? I can't get enough of it because like, we're all wearing something pretty much represent. Mm. I'm not today. <laughs> the, the one that wears represent usually, usually everywhere. Yeah, no, absolutely. But like obviously, one because they've gone through that path that all of you know people like ourselves that are being entrepreneurs have gone but they really through. did it yeah and yeah, they're yeah. a british brand but it'd be cool to like you know if we could provide a sneaker care solution that sat alongside their footwear collection george mike if you're watching the pod hope you are reach out to the sneaker doc man let's make this happen
Never you know. never know, man. Sure you never know. Hey, listen, TikTok, TikTok, run this one up for us, man. Let's <laughs> let's get the represent boys. The 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 sneaker doc X. Would you do sneaker doc X represent or represent X sneaker doc though? It would be represent X sneaker doc. Do you know what I mean? You got to understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted you, you, have, you to say you have something. to respect the brand, man. But like, you do you know to. what I mean? Like, it would just be obviously like a nice touching point in terms of like mm. being able to provide like whether it's discounted cleans, whether it's a cleaning kit for you know. The specific trainer, or even something that comes with every single product that's that's bought. Yeah, do you know in, what I mean? Like, imagine like if you got like a the like, represent you know, sneaker. Imagine if clean, you got like cleaning clean wipes, like free cleaning. Like, it'd be cool, man. Yeah, mm. no, that would be dope. That that would be a cool thing for me, hundred percent. That's amazing. Let's make that fucking happen, man. We'll get there. <laughs> All right. Um, Is there anything that you want to say before we sign off? Yeah. Any any messages? Any uh, just anything that, like, you know, more that I'm like I'm proud of your boys for kind of like you know embarking on that journey. Appreciate you, know, you man. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate you, man. Like I said, I talk a lot about balance now. Mm. But, I, you know, at the same time, I don't downplay, like, that start where, like, you are absolutely grinding. And I see you doing it, like, and it's great to see. Yeah, bro. Like, you know, don't don't stop. No, we really in, we really are in dog mode. And, I th- like, really enjoying it at the moment. Um, bro, I love the fucking grind, man. It yeah. makes me so happy. No, it's, 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 it's great. Do you know what I mean? It's absolutely great. Yeah. It's the best thing you can do. It's like... Being a, you know, it's been like being on, it's like being on drugs, man. Like it's a high you get from it. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, it actually is. So well, I wouldn't know because I've never done drugs. So uh, well, yeah, that's true. I actually haven't either. Um, on that note, uh, everybody, thank you so much for I just, I tuning say in. Thank you. I want to say thank you to James as well for coming on. I'm sure that this isn't going to be the last time that you're ever nah, on the definitely pod. Definitely not. Like, look, it's like it's, it's, it's a big story. There's a lot to cover. You're more than just a guest, man. We're, we're, we're friends at nah, the end exactly. of the day. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, we've got that side of it where we're friends and we're just yeah. chatting about that. Listen, guys, run up in the comments section, uh, in, in everything. Like the video, do all of that good stuff. But if you want James to be a little bit more involved as well, maybe to even feature in some of the in-house episodes where we're just like talking on... as well. Like if, we were, if, if there were like set topics and set questions, yeah. then we could truly kind of... I was going like to say one thing is we're going to do like in-house episodes where we just kind of sit and just have general convo. Yeah. That's something I'm like, done I, to I get you in, man. Because realistically, you're also one of the boys, well, like, man. You are one of the boys. Know, it's a good way to spend time together as well and chat and like just... Great. Bro, this is the longest I've ever held you to a conversation ever, and it's only because you got a camera in your face. But <laughs> <laughs> gotta do it for the gram. <laughs> <laughs> Bitches love the gram. Right, peace, man. Go like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> oh, follow fuck. us on Spotify. <laughs> follow us on Spotify. Mic, man. We're we out, need man. To end this before he wrecks the joint. Man. We're out. <laughs> Episode Look two. Out. We're out. Thanks, everybody. Peace.